0: drive time keeping you informed and inspired we love god
1: we ought to be able to talk about
2: him
3: getting you started on your day
0: with the latest in breaking news and information
3: from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's your
4: catholic drive time
0: now here's your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain so good to be on with you praise be to god you have survived it it is friday And we have a great show lined up for you today. The Supreme Court Catholic Charity May Deny Foster Children to Same-Sex Couples. Praise be to God. Unanimous ruling, I think. We're going to get the latest information. What does this mean? How did this happen? Uh, How do we get all of these Supreme Court justices to agree to this? Uh, What are the ramifications? All of that coming up in this hour with our friend and political analyst, Brent Haynes, attorney. He's going to be on the program coming up in a few minutes. And then later in our show, we're going to be speaking with author William Albrecht. He has a, a book, he has co-authored it, The Definitive Guide for Solving Biblical Questions About Mary, Mary Among the Evangelists. Great book, and we're going to have that conversation. We may sneak in a little bit about his other book, The Secret History of Transubstantiation, pulling back the veil on the Eucharist as well. William Albrecht, our guest in the in the guest segment for this hour, so jam packed show in the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Preferably, you can join us for all or at least part of it. But if you can join us in the next hour too, praise be to God, we love to have you. The game show is uh, on the agenda today, and we are actually pulling a name out of the coffee cup of divine providence to give out the prizes. In fact, we we that's part of what we love to do is just give out the prizes. And uh, this week, our prizes are generously underwritten by uh, let 's see if I get this correctly it's it 's delphina Rose art, Catholic print, and coloring pages over on Etsy, generously giving a prize pack to our winner today. Again, we'll pull that name out in the next hour if you can join us. You can always hang out with us right on our webpage, by the way. So if you don't like to uh, be on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, any of that stuff, no problem. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And you can hang out there. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Janelle.
5: Happy Friday, Mr. Joe. You
0: have survived it. <laughs> yes. Does it feel... I mean, like it's Friday. What are you, you going to do this weekend? You're going to like a mountain climb or shark dive sleep. or sky dive. What do, what do you do on the weekend?
5: I'm going to catch up on sleep. <laughs> you're 20
0: years old. You don't sleep, okay? 20-year-olds don't sleep. You'll sleep when you're 40.
5: Okay. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> we'll see about that. I'll be going to a, um, a birthday party for my little niece um, over the weekend, and uh, we're going to go to... Have a um, a rosary group outing uh, on Saturday as well too. So looking forward to that.
0: Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Speaking of uh, needing sleep, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian.
4: Good morning. Good morning.
0: Praise, <laughs> yes, the uh,
4: I will be doing uh, this weekend. My sisters are graduated from high school and college respectively, and I um, we're having a graduation party for them. This Saturday,
0: Praise so, be to that's God. what we're going to be doing. Lots this weekend. of partying going on. I, however, will not be partying. Um, I other than uh, you know, shuttling my kids around. I'm sure I'm not sure what I'll be doing this weekend. <laughs> we'll have to just wait and see how it goes. I think I have probably have something to clean, fix, or I don't know, repair. I don't know. We'll have to just see how it all ends up. But either way, prayerfully, we'll we get to sleep into at least six a.m. tomorrow. I can't wait. It's gonna feel so good. Uh, we have a great show, as I said, uh lined up. Brent Haynes, a political analyst, is going to be on with us here in just a moment. William Albrecht in the guest segment. Let's pray for your intentions, whatever they may be. We are going to offer those up along with our own, praying for peace in our our country and the world around us, conversion of sinners and uh and for the souls of the faithful departed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus. Pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors. Help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Leigh.
5: Looking at the headlines today, Zambia's first president, Kenneth Kuanda has died. Delaware set to raise minimum wage to $15 by 2025. And Florida reverses decision, allowing City to redecorate Bridge for Pride Month. From Reuters, Policemen Killed, more than 80 students abducted in attack in Nigerian school. Gunmen killed a police officer and kidnapped at least 80 students and five teachers from a school in the Nigerian state of Kebi, police residents and a teacher said. The attack is the third mass kidnapping in three weeks in northwest Nigeria, which have authorities have attributed to armed bandits seeking ransom payments. A teacher at the school said the gunmen took more than 80 students, most of them girls. Kebbi state policemen Spokesperson Nafui Abu Bakr said the gunman killed one officer during an exchange and also shot a student who was receiving medical treatment. The attack took place at a federal government college in the remote town Abirnin Yaruri. Abu Abubakar said security forces were searching a nearby forest for the adopted students and teachers. Bandits seeking ransom had kidnapped more than 800 Nigerian students from their school since December in a series of raids. Some have been freed while others remain missing. The raids in the northwestern region are separate from Islamist insurgencies centered in the northeast, where the Boko Haram militant group made global headlines in 2014, when it abducted more than 270 schoolgirls from the town of Chibok. The Epoch Times reports two Apple Daily directors charged in Hong Kong under Beijing's national security law. Two Apple Daily executives have been charged under Beijing's draconian national security law a day after more than 500 police officers raided the newspaper's headquarters and arrested five executives. The Apple Daily is one of Hong Kong's only remaining independent newspapers. According to a Hong Kong government release published after 3 p.m. local time on Friday, police charged two men aged 47 and 59 for conspiracy to endanger national security. The men were charged with colluding with a foreign country or with external elements to endanger national security. Under Article 27 of Beijing's sweeping national security law, which took effect last July, Article 29 of the law bans collision with a foreign country or with external elements to endanger national security. The collision charge carries a maximum penalty of life imprisonment. Also from the Epoch Times, Supreme Court tosses Obamacare challenge by 18 states on grounds of legal standing. By a vote of 7 to 2, the Supreme Court has upheld the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act commonly known as Obamacare for the third time, ignoring the question of its constitutionality by ruling that those challenging it lacked the required legal standing to do so. In a tweet, President Joe Biden said the decision was a big win for the American people. Senator John Barrasso, a medical doctor who has worked to repel the law, lamented the ruling. The failed Obamacare system will stagger on as a result of this decision, he said in a statement. Every American's care has been harmed by Obamacare. And those are your headline news for Friday, June 18th. God love you.
4: The saint of the day is St. Elizabeth of Shono. She was born in 1126 in Bingen, Germany, and born to the German nobility. She was raised and educated in Shono, Benedictine Abbey, near Bingen, Germany, from the age of 12. Elizabeth came to see the abbey as a home and took vows as a Benedictine nun in 1147. She was a friend of St. Hildegard of of Bingen, and became the abbess at Shono from 1157 until her death. In 1152, she began receiving ecstasies and visions of Jesus and Mary. She received the gift of prophecy and suffered the assault of demonic forces. With the, with the help of her brother Egbert, a monk and abbot, she wrote three volumes describing her visions. The periods and ecstasies weakened her already fragile health. She died on the 18th of June, 1164, in Bingen, Germany, of natural causes. She was never formally canonized, but popular devotion went on for centuries. She was added to the Roman martyrology in 1584 by Pope Gregory Thirteenth.
0: Saint Elizabeth of Shono, pray for us. Praise be to Jesus in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19-23. through 23. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and decay destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor decay destroys, neither thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be in darkness. And if the light in you is darkness, how great will be the darkness. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this, just like I said yesterday, intention, this is still the theme. I think throughout the entire chapter of, uh sixth chapter of Matthew's gospel, intention, intention matters. I mean, throughout the whole discourse here on the Sermon on the Mount, intention, intention matters. St. Chrysostom said this, When he has driven away the disease of vanity, he does well to bring in speech of contempt of riches, for there is no greater cause of desire of money than love of praise. For this men de- for this men desire troops of slaves, horses accorded in gold, and tables of silver, not for use or pleasure, but that they may be seen of many. Therefore, he says, lay not up for yourselves treasure on earth. Do you see? He kind of cuts to the chase there. What are your intentions? So much of what we acquire, what we assume is not necessarily for a good use or a good purpose, but rather so that we might uh, be seen among others as being powerful, you know, rich, uh, good looking, smart, intelligent, or whatever. You know, these things matter because it speaks to where our treasure is and our heart, right? So the Catholic commentary said this on the treasure on earth versus heaven. It says, hoarded stuffs are the prey of moth and rust hoarded valuables are the prey of thieves not so treasure earned on earth banked in heaven real but intelligible why not amass material goods because says our lord such conduct shows that the heart is not set on god alone you see god knows the interior of your heart he knows your desires. He knows what you intend and what you don't. Remember that from Matthew chapter 5. He sees what is hidden, right? So go to that secret chamber and pray to your father who, who sees what is hidden. The Navarre commentary said, Jesus teaches that the true treasure trove is made of good works done with an upright intention. These will obtain for us an eternal reward from God in heaven. He goes on to say, a person who tries to do the will of the Father in line with Jesus' words will have everything else granted to him or her. And this always, always, always reminds me of uh, uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, who famously said, I get whatever I want from God because I want whatever he gives me. Think about that for a second. It's about aligning your intention with God's and when you align your intention with God's you get whatever you want but when you when you don't when you are misaligned boy, things are very frustrated. You know, you're never seeming to get uh, get that thing that you really, really want because maybe your intentions are wrong. Maybe, maybe you're wondering why God is not answering your prayers because maybe your intentions are off. The I, right? So this is all about uh, motive. This is again about the intention. Uh, the Navarre commentary said, the I refers to motive. When a person wants to do something, he first forms an intention. Thus, if your intention is sound, simple, and clear, that is to say, if it is directed towards God, Your whole body, that is, all your actions will be sound, sincerely directed towards God. The Ignatius Catholic commentary made it even uh, simpler, I think. It said, those with evil or unsound eyes are stingy with their belongings. They are full of darkness. Those with sound eyes share their goods with the needy. They are filled with light. You see that? Intention. Intention. When we by faith come to that belief and that belief informs our life and our actions and we have that conversion of heart and we give our fiat to Christ and to his church, we realize that the things of this world have a purpose. And they aren't for us to be hoarding them or, or selfishly consuming them for our own personal and you know, disordinate uh, desires, but rather to put them at the service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, for the good of mankind, for the salvation of souls, and the glory of God. That is at the heart. What is your intention? Chew on that today, as we will as well. But after this very short break, Brent Haynes is going to be on, political analyst, to talk about that Supreme Court case and others. Catholic charities may deny foster children of same sex couples. Really? That's coming up next. We'll be right back.
4: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
1: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org.
0: Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. Good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Coming up in about 20 minutes from now, William Albrecht is going to be our guest. He's got a couple of books out that I think he co-authored them. And one is on Our Lady and the, uh, you know, uh, the definitive guide, he's, I think he's just the way he's for structuring it, the definitive guide, looking at Our Lady in Scripture, because there's a lot of people who still can't wrap their mind around her uh, coming from the Bible, and so uh, there's going to be some good conversation around that. And I may sneak in a little bit about his other book on the secret history of transubstantiation and the Eucharist, and I think that will also be a fascinating conversation since 69% of Catholics Either reject outright or simply don't know and don't believe the church's teaching on the holy Eucharist. So that'll be a conversation in about 20 minutes from now. Joining us right now is attorney, political analyst, and Catholic speaker Brent Haynes to talk about some of these uh, recent Supreme Court uh, rulings. Out. Good morning to you, Brent. Let's get that mic on and get it very close. Pull that mic close to you, Brent. Uh, there was a Supreme Court ruling that came out Catholic charities uh, may deny foster children to same sex couples. Adrian, can you help him adjust that mic for me? Uh, this is a powerful uh, headline, actually. And if I'm not mistaken, this was a like all the supreme all nine of the justices agreed, like when does that ever happen in the history of Supreme Court cases? I would love to know the count of how many cases where they all agreed uh, i 'm looking at an article out of the epic Times here, but brent i 'd love
6: you to tell us what the details are well uh, it was a good victory joe it it's, it's good when you get a victory where all of the Supreme Court agrees like how often does that happen um it happens more often than you might think, but here's, uh, I would think it's rare. Well, no, but here's the catch, Joe. Um, although this is a very good victory, the reason it's a unanimous nine to zero victory is um, is it's not a great victory. It's not a foundational victory. This does not uh, let people who are concerned about religious freedom uh, rest easy. Uh, one of the major Supreme Court news sites, um, it's called SCOTUS Blog. If anyone wants to look it up. Um, had a headline that basically described this as a narrow victory. And that's why even the liberal justices joined with the uh, conservative justices. So so how how is it a narrow victory then? That's a good question. And it shows you uh, also how the courts uh, will usually analyze decisions and reach decisions. So uh, the city of Philadelphia told Catholic Social Services – You can't participate in our program anymore because you refuse to place children in uh, in homes where the uh, same-sex couples are married, and also uh, Catholic Social Services said we don't place children in homes where it's a heterosexual couple but they're not married. Right. So, and Catholic uh, Catholic Social Services said, look, that we would be endorsing that relationship that violates our religious beliefs. Catholic Social Services have been doing this for about half a century, of course, and there hadn't been any problems. No, yeah. no gay couple, uh, married or otherwise, had asked for a placement from Catholic Social Services. <laughs> so the issue that goes up to the Supreme Court ultimately is the wording of the contract between the city of Philadelphia and Catholic Social Services and the wording of a city ordinance... That, that bans discrimination, essentially. And so what happened was all nine justices said Philadelphia loses because essentially of the wording of the contract and also that city ordinance doesn't help you. Um, three of the justices, uh, Alito, Thomas, and we'll um, come back to the other one in a moment here, uh, but three of the justices wanted to reach the bigger question, which is a constitutional question mm-hmm. and say, uh, we need to revisit our case law on u s supreme court religious uh, religious exercise decisions. Um, but even Amy Coney Barrett, our new you know Catholic star on the Supreme Court, in the eyes of many and, and she is a brilliant jurist, um, she said in a separate opinion, we don 't have to reach that decision. Because we can decide this on these other issues. Now, this is a, um, a traditional and, and, and time-honored way of reaching decisions. If, the, if a court, any court, has a dispute in front of it mm-hmm. and it uh, can reach a decision that disposes of that case by considering a statute instead of a constitutional decision – they always go for the statute it 's sort of a form of being as minimally invasive as as possible interesting and um, that 's why the liberal justices on the Supreme Court voted with the conservatives and the reason Catholic social services won is um, under u s supreme Court precedent and under the case that the other three justices wanted to um, wanted to uh, revisit and the conservatives wanted the supreme court to overrule Uh, it's called employment division basically employment division of oregon uh, versus smith and this was the this is the famous some of your listeners might recognize this as the famous peyote case Mm -hmm. Uh, parole officer in oregon wanted to smoke peyote as part of his religious ritual case went up to the united states supreme court and in 1995 our hero Justice Antonin Scalia, (laughs) uh, wrote the opinion and actually said, no, you lose. You don't get your religious freedom on this issue. And the rationale of the court under Justice Scalia's opinion was this is a law that is general, generally applicable, and it is neutral. In other words, it's just a general law. It applies to everybody, and it's illegal to smoke peyote. It's not targeted at. Native Americans, because he was of Native American descent, you know, it's not targeted at religious practitioners. This is, it's, just, it's just an illegal drug. You don't get to get around these laws, because otherwise, you know, government would be too difficult. Uh, having all these different laws and making religious accommodations would be too difficult. You lose. Well, the problem is, as good as that seemed in 1995, mm-hmm. we've seen in the last quarter of a century plus uh, all of these attacks on religious liberty. And We see this – we saw this, of course, in Philadelphia. The reason Catholic Social Services won – well, first, the the three conservatives wanted to go back and say, hey, we love you, Justice Scalia, but you were wrong on that. (laughs) They wanted to say, look, you must give a a waiver, basically, to religious people Mm. under the First Amendment. And in the law, we would call that an accommodation. You must give a waiver – um, unless the government has a compelling interest and what they're doing is the narrowest possible way of achieving that compelling interest. If you don't, you got to figure out some way to accommodate religious people. Three justices said we need to go back and make that the law and overrule that the, pe- the peyote case from Oregon. Wow. But the all of the justices looked at it, including the liberal justices, which is why this is a nine to zero victory. They looked at that and said, "You know what? There's another aspect of our law where the city of Philadelphia loses." And remember, I said uh, that in 1995, Justice glee and the court said, "Well, the law has to be uh, neutral and uh, and generally applicable." Well, they looked at that. Uh, they looked at their, their their law and said, "You know, our decision before has said." If you have a law, or in this case, a contract with the government, and you provide for waivers or individual exemptions or the other legal phrase, accommodations in some circumstances, you can't say that this is a general neutral law because you're obviously in some circumstances hearing individual appeals and making accommodations. Mm. And that alone, on that narrow technical ground, uh, caused the city to lose. Wow. So this is definitely I was I had guess
0: I had a, a glimmer of hope here. You know, Boston stopped the uh, helping uh, uh place kids in in homes many many years ago because of this same-sex issue, and I was hoping that this might lead to them being able to come back and do that again. But you're saying that that is not the case.
6: That's a very perceptive question, Joe, because it would depend on how the Boston uh, ordinance, or the Boston contract with social service agencies, or Massachusetts law is worded. Yeah, and a good example of and I'm that.
0: And I met Catholic charities
6: in Boston. Is what I was right. referring to. But any 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 religious auxiliary or any religiously motivated organization, um, we see uh, exactly uh, how this happens, uh, what this leads to, with what happened just uh, three days ago on Tuesday. Everybody by now who listens to Catholic radio and who follows religious liberty issues knows the name Jack Phillips, the famous Colorado baker, God bless him. <laughs> the perpetual defendant. <laughs> he he was back in court again, and he lost. Now, there was a great victory at the Supreme Court in 2018, or I would say a very good victory, because that case went up from Colorado where they said, look, um, you have to bake cakes for gay weddings. That was a narrow victory in 2018 because what happened in Colorado was the, their Human Rights Commission was on record saying anti-religious s- statements. They articulated their anti-religious beliefs. And that's if you want to discriminate against religious people, that's just a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the court said, look, you manifested hostility to religion. You were obviously targeting him for religious purposes. He basically didn't get a fair hearing. It's not a fair law. And they threw it out well, all Colorado did and was uh, and the people in Colorado did was go back and try again without ma- articulating that religious animosity. In <laughs> fact, a lawyer wanted him to bake a sex sexual transition cake, and during the course of the of the Supreme Court lawsuit, that lawyer initiated that process and asked for the cake, and that's why he was back in court and lost again so We're winning these cases at the Supreme Court. It's good that we're winning. We have won some other important victories in recent years, but these are not what you might consider philosophical or or jurisprudential or constitutional level victories.
0: On the the, uh, Masterpiece Cake uh, case, why are they so gung-ho to get after Jack Phillips? Why do they feel like the need to try and try and try again
6: to take him down? Well, two minutes. He, he is just a target they have chosen. Um, he is not the only one. Um, it's not an accident. This case didn't arise by accident. It is what lawyers would call a test case. Um, the first one was Elaine Huguenin, a photographer in New Mexico, who had the exact same situation where a, uh, two gay women came and said, we want you to photograph our wedding. She said, I'm a Christian. I can't do that. And, and the Supreme Court refused to take that case. That went all the way up to the New Mexico Supreme Court. And she lost. Um, Arlene's Flowers is another famous case from the state of Washington. Um, Wedding services are major targets because this is an issue central to um, the activist and legal efforts of the gay community in recent years. And of course, we had the Supreme Court decision to recognize gay marriage. So people engaged in the wedding business are particularly visible and they are particularly prominent targets. So Jack Phillips... Who bakes wedding cakes? Arlene, the owner of Arlene's Flowers in Washington, uh, wedding photographers—anybody like that—is a potential target. So we have a good victory at the U.S. Supreme Court. We don't have, um, you know, we don't have a uh, foundational philosophical victory. So not a, lot of, uh, not a lot of celebration
0: going on today because of this uh, big headline that's out there. But at any rate, we'll take the victories as we can get them. Brent Haynes, attorney, Catholic speaker, and political analyst, thank you for your time today. I'm very thank- grateful to you.
6: Thank you, Joe. All right, we're going to go to a break.
0: We're going to come back. We're going to have breaking news and stories with Janelle Lay. Plus, William Albrecht is on. He's got a book. He's got a couple of books out there we want to touch on. One on the secret, uh, the secret history of transubstantiation and Our Lady in Scripture. All that coming up next.
7: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything except the church. The Catholic Church says Chesterton has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the Church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a
0: minute? Chesterton.org.
5: Welcome back to The Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Leigh, and here are your headline news. Bishops debate politics of communion document. Vote to be revealed today. Israel to send Palestinians 1 million COVID vaccine doses in exchange deal. U.S. reliance on Russian oil surges to record high amid tensions. CDC delays emergency meeting on post-vaccination heart inflammation due to Juneteenth. Canadian government working with provinces on a digital vaccination proof for international travel. Court forces Christian Baker to make cakes celebrating a transgender transition. Chinese regime raids homes, detains Gong practitioners ahead of centenary. Governor Abbott signs into law seven, seven bills enforcing Second Amendment in Texas, including constitutional carry. California hydroelectric plant expected to shut down for the first time in 50 years due to depleting water levels. LifeSite News reports anti-religion law in South Africa puts a target on the backs of people of faith. The government of South Africa is currently considering a bill that, if passed, risks severe negative consequences for religious organizations and individuals, all in the name of equality and the prevention of unfair discrimination. A proposed amendment to the Promotion of Equality and the Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Act, or PEPTUA, has, called the, has been called the greatest threat to religious freedom since the advent of our democracy in 1994, by Nadine Badenhorst, Legal Consul for the Freedom of Religions for South Africa. Also known as the Equality Act, it was passed in 2000 and is considered to be the nation's preeminent legislation, second only to South Africa's constitution. All subsequent legislation and the regulations established by the state must be PEPTUA compliant. The bill would count actions and words or omissions as discriminatory and actionable, whether done so intentionally or not. Every person of whatever faith or institution will be drastically impacted, said Badenhorst. Religious autonomy will be overruled. Independent faith by schools will be a thing of the past. The state will regulate you and activists will police you. Your voice will be muted and state-financed litigation with potentially ruinous sanctions awaits you. Religious organizations and persons of faith can expect to be dragged before courts and potentially face very severe penalties in the form of fines, even jail time, even closure of churches and other places of worship simply for expressing or living out their religious convictions and beliefs. If the spill goes on, every person and every organization of whatever faith will have a target on their back. Religious organizations will be expected to bring their doctrines and internal workings in line with the bill. With government being able to prescribe what equality and no unfair discrimination should look like in their organizations. And as a result, religious organizations may well, in the name of equality, be forced to accept members or appoint leaders or employees whose beliefs go against the organization's own convictions and beliefs. This is not equality, she said. This is tyranny. Also from LifeSite News. First post-COVID vaccine post-mortem story study has found one dose produced antibodies but failed to prevent infection or transmission. There have been more than 5,000 deaths after COVID vaccines reported to the Adverse Vaccine Event Reporting System or VAERS in the United States alone. And yet, the first post-mortem case study was recently published in the June issue of the International Journal of Infectious Diseases. A man who died after receiving a first dose of the COVID-19 vaccination was found to have developed an antibody response to the virus, causing the disease but still tested positive for the virus, which was found in most of his organs after an examination. The 86-year-old resident of a retirement home had no symptoms of COVID-19 before he received the first dose of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine on January 9, 2021. He had no serious symptoms the following two weeks, but he collapsed while having his breakfast 15 days after the shot and was admitted to a hospital three days later. A prostate cancer survivor with dementia and other underlying health conditions, he tested negative for the virus, but when he entered the hospital he was diagnosed and treated for colitis, an inflammatory bowel disease. The man was put in another room with another patient several days later, the other patient tested positive for the virus and so did the gentleman in the study though he still had no overt symptoms of COVID-19. Two days later, he died from kidney and respiratory failure. Lab tests revealed relevant viruses in seven of nine of the man's organs examined, including the trachea, lungs, heart, kidney, and brain. The researchers concluded that the first dose of vaccine appeared to induce an antibody response, but did not complete protection from the infection. And those are your headline news for this morning. God pra- love you.
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. I also want to thank gloryandshine.com for generously underwriting a portion of our program. Uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, William Albrecht. He is the author, co-author of a couple of great books that we'd like to dive into. He's also well known for uh, for debating. He does quite a bit of debating of, of uh, non-Catholics, atheists, Muslims, and etc. He's participated in over 70 live and moderate debates. And we're on with him now. Good morning to you, Mr. William Albrecht. Good morning, uh, Joe. I'm thrilled to be here with you all today. Praise be to God. Uh, we're glad you're here. I want to jump into – you have t- these two books I'm very interested in, and I'm hoping we can touch on both of them. One is The Definitive Guide for Solving Biblical Questions About Mary, Mary Among the Evangelists. The other is The Secret History of Transubstantiation, Pulling Back the Veil on the Eucharist. If it's okay with you, I'd like to start there. Uh, w- yesterday, we dealt with, uh, you know, this – This terrible statistic within the Catholic Church, 69%, according to Pew Research, uh, do not either know or believe or reject outright the Church's teaching on the real presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Um, And – and I I'm just dumbfounded by this to, to reject is well, I guess one thing to simply not even know because they're not taught or they haven't put any effort into learning is is also another. So can we dive into uh, this this first book, the Secret History of Transubstantiation? Tell me about this book. What did you learn that was uh, pretty uh, incredible during your process?
8: no doubt joe and i agree with you really um it is a really unfortunate thing when we see so many people denying such a beautiful gift we have within our church what we really we really enjoyed working on the book on um on transubstantiation what did we learn we learned a whole lot number 1 we learned that from the very beginning the early church has believed this now the one thing we always knew joe we always knew that from the time from Ignatius of Antioch, St. Ignatius of Antioch, St. Justin the Martyr, and on, we knew that they all believed that the Eucharist was the body and blood of Christ, but that doesn't really get to the heart of the issue, because then we have some Protestant brothers and sisters that will then claim, well, you know, we believe that as well, but in a spiritual manner. What they mean by spiritual, Job, is very different from what we mean and what the early fathers meant. The early fathers did utilize the term spiritual, but that meant the very real presence for them. For our separated brothers and sisters, that means more along the lines of symbolic. What we Mm -hmm. learned, Joe, was that from the very beginning and hearkening from language from the Old Testament and the Greek, Greek words such as metousias, hearkening to the New Testament, the early church from the very beginning believed in a transubstantiation, a transformation of of those elements. And why do they believe it? It comes directly from the New Testament. The language being adopted by St. Paul is directly from the Old Testament, showing us that an actual change is occurring there. And we really think that when we begin to examine the language of the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the very early patristic history, what our hope is, Joe, to be quite honest with you, is that that number begins to turn around and people begin to realize, hey, we've got an incredible gift there at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass.
0: William Albrecht is our guest. Uh, this first book is The Secret History of Transubstantiation, Pulling Back the Veil on the Eucharist, available on Amazon, by the way. um uh, one of the points you just brought up that it reminds me of my own conversion experience, where I struggled with this particular doctrine, and I was deeply studying not only uh, the, John chapter 6, but also the early church fathers, you know, this thought of, of symbology, right? It's, it's symbolic, the spiritual. And then I can't remember who it was. Mine, it might have been John Martinoni. It might have been Dr. Hahn. I don't remember. But somebody said, tell me when the Holy Spirit is symbolic. It's, it's a person, This the third person in the Trinity, and are you going to try to make the argument that the Holy Spirit is somehow symbolic? It, it's not really real? I mean, that seems ludicrous uh, when you think about it, but most people haven't thought about it, right? That is a fantastic point, Joe. And the majority of people really don't
8: stop and meditate upon, okay, Is the Holy Spirit merely an emanating force from God the Father and God the Son, or is it an actual person distinct from the Father and the Son? And when we realize, when we think and stop, we stop and think at what the creeds that we hear, we're so blessed, Joe. I mean, look at the incredible gifts we have there at church. We have the ancient creed, if only we stopped and would meditate upon it and listen to it, we would realize the great gifts we have in the church. And the Holy Spirit, as you know, is eternal God, is presented to us as eternal God, Yahweh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And you're definitely right. There's nothing symbolic about that
4: you know, we have about one minute before we have to go to break. And I, you know, I was just wondering, I often hear from Protestants, you know, transubstantiation, we have, of course, they believed in the real presence of Christ, the church fathers did, but the word transubstantiation didn't come up until hundreds of years later. Um, what, Um What's the response to that?
8: That is a really, really good question. So, when we think about Transubstantiation, we hear, well, this didn't come up until way, way later. Right away, as soon as we get to St. Justin the Martyr, there's a transformation that we hear being talked about there. And by the time we get to the great doctor of the church, St. Ambrose, he's already utilizing terms that are harkening to like the book of Exodus, where the Greek term is metousias, and he's saying this is what we mean mm. about the transformation
0: in the Eucharist. So clearly, this belief comes very early. Hold that thought. William Albrecht is our guest. That uh, that book is The Secret History of Transubstantiation, Pulling Back the Veil on the Eucharist, available over on Amazon. When we come back, we may continue that, but we also may jump into the definitive guide for solving biblical questions about Mary. All that and more coming up on, right after this break. Don't go anywhere.
8: This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. It's a myth that there's a perfect way to be a parent. The reality is that every family, every couple, every child is different. But when parents work together, they can figure it out. We have 10 kids of our own, so we know
0: this path is not an easy one. We used to think that it was our job to make our children into saints. Now we realize that it's their job to make us into saints. This parenting thing is
8: full of dying to self, hardships that are both physical and emotional. Parenting makes you more aware of your sinfulness and weakness more than almost anything else you will ever do. But
5: this is exactly where God wants us, so He can shower us with His mercy and love. God doesn't love us in spite of our humanity. He loves us because of it.
8: Parenting is our path to holiness, and as we change and mature, we will be better parents. We may even become saints. To get more advice and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org.
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. William Albrecht is our guest. He is the uh, co-author of a couple of great books. We were talking about the one on transubstantiation right before the break. He's got another one called The Definitive Guide for Solving Biblical Questions About Mary, Mary Among the Evangelists, also available over on Amazon. Now, it's I find this fascinating because for me, on my conversion experience, uh, the real issue for me was the Holy Eucharist. I needed to know how literal Jesus was speaking in John 6, so I, I dove straight into that topic. And once I was uh, aware of the actual church's teaching and the early church fathers, and I, I gave my, my intellectual assent, I, I still struggled with Our Lady, I still struggle with the saints. I still struggle with the Pope, and but Our Lady in particular. And uh, so let's go into this book here. Tell me about this book. Why did you write this? And what did you learn in your research process for this? That is a very good question, Joe. Um, we kind of wrote the
8: book because I reached out to my very good friend, uh, Father Coppas, as I was preparing for a debate on the Immaculate Conception. We began working together, co- uh, collaborating on a number of articles. And After about maybe two and a half months, we decided to, hey, let's put this in a book format. Let us go and deal with the main objections that we see are really there when it comes to our Immaculate Mother. And I've got to tell you, Joe, before I became Catholic, It was a major problem that I had within Protestantism. Even when I converted, Joe, it took a while for me to be comfortable with the idea of giving veneration to Mary. I would have never thought that one of the very first books I ever would have authored, would have co-authored, would have been a book on Mary. But we learned a lot. And we learned that the reason why early church fathers were so adamant in being strong in their defense of a perpetual virginity was for a number of biblical reasons that they hearkened to. We realize why the church has always believed in her all immaculate, sinless nature by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we really learned that when we talk about our Immaculate Mother, we talk about it because it has a very strong, firm root
0: within the Bible. You know uh, of course, typology when uh, When I was first introduced to the topic, I grew up Church of Christ, and you know in the Church of Christ, the old and the new have stark uh, differences and they are they are separated sort of intellectually in many ways. the God of the wrath and the God that 's in the New Testament these are separate things and and so the concept of the uh, typology, the concept that Augustine might say, the new is hidden in the old, and the old is revealed in the new. You know, this was foreign to me. And what when I learned it, when I was introduced to it, and I learned that, going back through the Old Testament with new eyes, you see that, that uh, intention, you see that design there. Our Lady, from the very beginning, through this thread, through the Old Testament, and then coming into its flower in the new, and then, of course, uh, into its full bloom in the book of Revelation so it's a fascinating idea but most non-Catholics simply a lot of Catholics either don't know this or can't see it how do you deal with that?
8: Great question. Number one, I want to tell you, you're definitely correct. From the very beginning, we have uh, right there in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, 15, we have an incredible prophecy, a messianic prophecy about our Lord and Savior. But how incredible is that, Joe? Right there in the very same area where we hear about the Messiah that will come, there's also a prophecy there about his mother being at complete enmity. Never, she will never be under the dominion of the devil. That is amazing. The way we tackle it, Joe, is we gave a heavy emphasis on the Bible. Now, we didn't give a Bible-only approach to the abandonment of the early fathers, but what we showed was primarily you can find these teachings of the church, Our Lady's Immaculate Conception, Her Perpetual Virginity, veneration that we give to her, you can find all of this in a firm biblical foundation within the Bible. And we realized one thing, Joe, a lot of people reached out to us and told us that we're Protestants and said, look, we can get on board with a lot of these things within the book. And really that is kind of what we want, Joe, to, for them to kind of soften their hearts up, open up a little bit more, and realize, okay, well if the church is correct on the perpetual virginity of Mary, Could they be correct in all these other things? And we realize that it really does help lead them closer to our mother. William,
4: sorry, how do you say your last name again? Albrecht. Albrecht. Uh, William Albrecht is our guest, and we have about seven more minutes left in the show. Uh you know, I had a question in regards to the dogma of Our Lady as Mother of God, because uh I know a lot of Protestants, including a cousin of mine who is in the Reformed tradition of Protestantism, who he says, you know, I can accept Mary, mother of God. I think there's no problem with that. I mean, otherwise you'd completely destroy Christology, but it, I don't see how it follows that just because she's the mother of God and make that, that you can get the immaculate conception, that you can get the perpetual virginity, that you can get the assumption of Mary and so on and so forth. And, uh, and how would you respond to those kind of accusations or how, do, if someone who accepts Mary, mother of God, how, what's the next step?
8: That is a fantastic question there. Now, he does have a good point in that we do have to go to other areas to kind of extrapolate those teachings. Number one, for Mary as all immaculate, it is very easy to find this within the Bible. Here's a great starting point. If you go to Genesis chapter 3, when we talk about Mary as, when Catholics always talk about Mary as being at complete enmity, with the devil. Why is that? Because in Genesis 3:15, there's a prophecy of the Messiah. The Messiah will crush the head of Satan and will be at enmity with the devil. Well, the mother of the Messiah is talked about in that very same vein. But here's another amazing thing that we kind of realize people don't notice. In verse 14 and later on in Genesis 3, there's a particular Greek word utilized there in the Greek Septuagint, the Old Testament, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And it is a Greek word that indicates people being under the dominion of a curse. That same Greek word is utilized by St. Paul in the New Testament to talk about people under the dominion of original sin, people that have sinned. Well, the incredible thing in verse 15, the mother of the Messiah and the Messiah are not under that dominion. They are exempt from that. So that is the beginning point that we say Mary was exempt from that. That is what we mean by Mary having an all-immaculate nature. Number two, in Luke 1, the incredible Greek word we see for Mary, kikaritomene, is very significant because the root word, that very root, as you'll hear our Protestant brothers and sisters, they'll say this. They'll say, well, that other Greek word can be found in in Ephesians. So how is it indicative of being important for Mary? Here's the important thing that they're not realizing. In the book of Ephesians, that type of grace is talked about, and we're told that this original grace was intended for the world before the fall. Well, we realize that in Luke 1, Mary is in possession, in full possession of this grace. She is fully graced. And here's the amazing thing, even before the angel appears to her, by the indication of the greeting, when the angel appears, before she even has our Lord and Savior in her womb, she's already in full possession of this kind of grace, what is this grace being talked about? It is that grace that was lost in the garden by virtue of the fall. When we look at all of this, coupled with the early church fathers, what they say about Mary, there's no doubt why the church has said from the beginning that Mary has an all immaculate nature. We have we, about,
0: I'm sorry, go ahead, Adrian.
4: Yeah, we have about four minutes left in the conversation. And uh, I wanted to ask about the about the proto-evangelium in Genesis. And so there we see a lot of uh, Protestants will, will make the point, you know, in the Vulgate, Y'all have changed it to she, but in the Hebrew it refers to he. Whenever referring to Our Lady, uh, saying that she will crush the head of the serpent, they say no, 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 no. It's he will crush the head of the serpent, and it's the Roman abrogation and uh, the Vulgate, and then in the in the translations into English that use the Vulgate using the tradition of she. Um, how would you
8: respond to that, or is that even a deal breaker for uh, for Marian dogmas? Not at all a deal breaker because number one. Uh, The very Pope, Pope, the Pope that defined that dogma, recognized and he said he realized that the better translation would be the Messianic one, the Messiah crushing the head. But here's the amazing thing. The dogma does not rise or fall upon whether or not it's the Messiah or the mother together with the Messiah that crush the head. Because what Catholics are focusing on is not the crushing of the head. They're focusing on the passage that says that Mary is at complete enmity. The mother of the Messiah, which is Mary, and her son are at enmity with the devil. There is no variant there. Now, can we say that the mother, along with her son, crushes the head? Of course we can. Early church fathers recognize it, like Ephraim, all the while recognizing that, and all the while recognizing that the best manuscripts do read as the Messiah crushing the head. But it doesn't change the fact that the mother of the Messiah would never be under the dominion of the devil. And the fathers, by the way, from the very beginning, the apostolic era and the epistle to Diognides, as early as that, you realize the fathers all were unanimous, interpreting that in a messianic and a
0: Marian fashion. Just a couple of minutes left in our conversation with, with William Albrecht. I'll get that out, I promise. With William Albrecht. Uh, by the way, his website, uh, something you should check out, is patristicpillars.com. But last question, only about a minute, minute and a half, or two minutes tops uh, for you, William. you ha- I've heard you talk about this. Uh, there was uh, sort of a a... a uh, an effort, a war, an internal strife among the early Christian community, the family members of the household of Jesus fighting for control over the community. Tell me about that. That's an argument I've never heard before.
8: That's a great uh, great question there. We find that in Josephus, very early church historian. And when we look at that, Joe, here's the amazing thing that we uncover. When we read about that early church struggle, the early church strife, Right there reading about it, the author also gives us a major clue. When we read about this, something that he wasn't even intending to do is we realize that the perpetual rigidity of Mary is attested to so early on because when giving us the names of these brothers and sisters, we realize their identities right from the very beginning are that of cousins of our Lord and Savior. We find that in an early church historian.
0: All right, well... We're probably going to have to have you back because I want to expound upon that, but we are out of time. William Albrecht, patristicpillars.com is his website. His books are linked up there as well as his blog and debates and other things, patristicpillars.com. Check it out. William Albrecht, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me on. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us for the next, we would love to have you. Uh, the game show is uh, on the docket, and the prizes will be drawn and give away, given away today. So it might be you, who knows, your chance to win will be coming up in just a little while. If you can't join us, God love you, God bless you. We'll see you back here on Monday. But if you can, go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to hang out, to comment, and to possibly
2: win the game. God love you, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time I
5: have a friend who says that baptism is a symbolic act and that it has nothing to do with salvation. How can I answer him?
2: Simple. Show him what the Bible says. Nowhere does the Bible say that baptism is merely a symbolic act. That passage simply does not exist. But the Bible does say this about baptism. In Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27, it says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will put my spirit within you. Here in the Old Testament, we have a foreshadowing of New Testament baptism. In the New Testament, Acts 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. No symbolic language here. The book of Acts says, Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Ezekiel says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from your uncleannesses. The book of Acts says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel says, And I will put my spirit within you. Do you begin to see how God in the old covenant was preparing us for what he gives us in the new covenant? Acts twenty two sixteen and now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. What body was that? The body of Christ. 1 Peter 3, 21, baptism which corresponds to this now saves you scripture simply does not support the non-catholic notion that baptism is symbolic scripture does however very clearly and directly support the catholic teaching that baptism saves us that baptism makes us members of the body of christ that baptism washes away sin and that through baptism we receive the holy spirit just as the church teaches a beacon of truth in a troubled world this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
0: You have survived it. It is Friday. The weekend is nigh upon us. Hopefully, you're going to do something interesting this weekend. Hopefully, uh, it'll be restful and relaxing for you and peaceful. And praise be to God for that. But we just wrapped up a great conversation with William Albrecht. He's got a couple of great books that are very well-researched. And especially in the early church fathers, which is something I love, love, love. And uh, we're going to be posting that conversation about Our Lady and the Holy Eucharist. We, we kind of, we dipped into the both of those topics. We didn't cover them exhaustively, but we did get a great conversation out of it. And we're going to be posting those conversations to our social media feeds, which you can find linked up at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. By the way, over on our website, When you go there, you can join our email list, and I gave away – yesterday I sent the email, and I gave away something I recorded back in 2007 and 2008, so it goes way back. So this is old school stuff for me. I narrated all seven of the epistles, all seven of the letters that St. Ignatius of Antioch wrote to the seven churches in Asia Minor while he was on his way by Roman soldier guard to be taken back to the Roman Colosseum to be fed to the lions. And they are powerful insights into the first century church. We're talking, he wrote these in around the year 110 AD, somewhere in there. Uh, And he he was a disciple of the Apostle John himself. So it's powerful stuff, and I narrated all these. So if you don't want to read them, you can just listen to me read them to you, and I put that in the email last night, so it should be in your inbox. If you're not on the email list, let me encourage you, jump on the email list. You can do so by pulling out your cell phone and texting the letters GRN to the number 42828. Just text GRN to the number 42828. You're also going to get the talk by Father Bill Casey on the state of the church. Where are we at now? Where Where are we headed? And then uh, when you join the email list today, I think you're going to get my email with my narrations on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. So when you get back from Mass, you'll be able to listen to those. So check that out. Text GRN to 42828. Good morning to you, Janelle.
5: Good morning, Mr. Joe.
0: Praise be to God. All yes. good news in this All hour? All
5: good news. It's Friday.
0: All great news, right? Great news. So you're going to give out the Powerball numbers. You're going to tell people <laughs> how to how to play the Powerball, right?
5: Well, uh <laughs>
0: Could you imagine? Oh man, that Would would you want to win the Powerball?
5: Would I? Yeah. Oh uh... I I don't think so because uh, I would, uh, I think I would be too reliant on the Anna <laughs> the
0: Anna who's been hanging out with us Saint Teresa of Avila on YouTube. She says she definitely would like to win the Powerball. I I I'm a I'm a strong no on this. I do not want to win the Powerball. Yes, I will not play. I will not accept if if elected. No, thank you. I because I I don't know. I think I would be corrupted by so much cash personally.
3: I definitely uh, I think I would too. <laughs> It's definitely not for the faint of heart.
0: But (laughs) But you're up uh, for it, you say.
3: I have a plan.
0: (laughs) You have a plan. Everybody who wins says they have a plan. And then within 10 years, they've blown it all and they're bankrupt.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, mine would be. Oh, uh, there goes the mic. I I would have to start a bank. I would be lending money. I would be charitable. Not only that, I mean, everybody thinks this is like crazy because I would be like. there are things that i would do to uh, better help our government you know <laughs> what would you call the bank
0: i don't know We're, yeah. well, adrian would you play powerball would you win if you if you if you cut if you would play powerball and would win would you want to win heck yes <laughs> i would uh, i <laughs> would build a lot of churches I'm surrounded oh, by exactly. I'd build lots I'm of churches i surrounded by the delusions and
4: monasteries <laughs> It'd be so good. I'd bring the Carthusians and make the Carthusians great again. Um, Yeah. They'd be so. Revitalize religious orders, donate to a fraternity, help them build this new seminary in America. It'd be great. Yeah, Uh huh? Mm -hmm. Make the Institute of Christ the King Mm -hmm. uh, come to to Texas. Sure, if you say so. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Okay, well, from your lips to God's ears. Let's pray and dive into our hour. Maybe we'll talk more about that in the after show. So we have the game show to play. We have to give away the prizes today, so we got a full agenda today. we got to give away the prizes. Today that name will be drawn. Will it be you? You could win. You get three more chances to win coming up in just a little bit. Uh, The phone number is on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But in the after show, we get to chat with you, and maybe we'll ask you, would you want to play and win? the Powerball? Could you handle that much cash? I'm not sure I could. So uh, let's figure out what you would say in the after show. But let's pray first. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay.
5: Texas Religious Freedom Law Makes Closing Churches Illegal Hungary Passes Law Barring Pornography and Pro-LGBT Content for Minors Colorado bans third parties from accessing voting systems. Reported by Fox News, Supreme Court sides with Catholic foster agency that exclude same-sex couples in a 9-0 ruling. The Supreme Court sided unanimously with a Catholic foster agency in a dispute against the city of Philadelphia over whether it should be banned from participating in the city's foster program because it excludes same-sex couples. The group Catholic Social Services claimed that Philadelphia's attempts to exclude the Catholic Church from foster care violated the First Amendment. Lawyers for the city, meanwhile, said that CSS lacks a constitutional right to demand that DHS offer it a contract that omits the same nondiscrimination requirement every other FFCA must follow when performing services for the city. In a 9-0 ruling, the justices sided with Catholic Social Services. CSS seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose those beliefs on anyone else, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote in a majority opinion. The refusal of Philadelphia to contract with CSS for the provision of foster care services unless it agrees to certify same-sex couples as foster parents cannot survive strict scrutiny and violates the First Amendment. Roberts was joined on his opinion by Justices Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. From the Catholic World Report Polish Catholic priests guillotined by Nazis to be beatified in November. Father Jan Maka will be declared blessed at a Mass on November 20th in the Cathedral of Christ the King, Katowice, southern Poland. Maka, also known as Hanik, was ordained a priest months before Nazi Germans invaded Poland in 1939. He offered aid to families who lost members in the fighting, and was a member of an underground group codenamed Konvalia or Lilia the Valley. The Gaspato, the secret police of Nazi Germany, arrested him on September 5, 1941 at a train station in Katowice, Upper Silesia. After humiliating interrogations, he was sentenced to death on July 17, 1942. He was executed by guillotine at a prison in Katowice in, at 12.15 a.m. on December 3, 1942, despite his mother's efforts to secure a pardon. He was 28 years old when he died and had only served 1,257 days as a priest. His body was never recovered. Maca's sainthood cause opened in 2013. After the diocesan stage was completed in 2015, the cause was sent to Rome. Pope Francis issued a decree recognizing him as a martyr on November 29, 2019. Maka was the subject of the 2011 documentary film Without One Tree, A Forest Will Stay a Forest, directed by Dagmara Draska. The title comes from a line in a letter he wrote to his family shortly before his execution. This is my last letter. In four hours, the sentence will be carried out. So when you read this letter, I will no longer be among the living. "'Stay with God, forgive me for everything,' he said. "'I am going before the Almighty Judge who will judge me now. "'I hope that he will accept me. "'My wish was to work for him, but it was not given to me. "'Thank you for everything,' he continued. "'I die with a clear conscience. "'I have lived a short life, but I believe that I have achieved my goal. "'Don't despair, everything will be all right. "'Without one tree, the forest will stay a forest. "'Without one swallow, the spring will come, "'and without one man, the world will not collapse.'" And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Friday and a holy weekend.
4: The saint of the day is Saint Elizabeth of Shono. She was born in 1126 in Bingen, Germany. She was born to the German nobility. Raised and educated in Shono, a Benedictine Abbey near Bingen, Germany from the age of 12, Elizabeth came to see the Abbey as home. She took vows as a Benedictine nun in 1147 and was a friend of Saint Hildegard of of, uh, of Bingen, Abbess of Shono from 1157 until her death. In 1152, she began receiving ecstasies and visions of Jesus and Mary, received the gift of prophecy, and suffered the assault of demonic forces. With the help of her brother Egbert, a monk and abbot, she wrote three volumes describing her visions. The periods of ecstasies weakened her already fragile health. She died on the 18th of June 1164 in Bingen, Germany, of natural causes. She was never full, formally canonized, but popular devotion went on for centuries. She was added to the Roman martyrology in 1584 by Pope Gregory XIII. Saint Elizabeth of Shono,
0: pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19-23. through 23. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and decay destroy, and thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor decay destroys, nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be in darkness." And if the light is in you, is darkness, how great will the darkness be? The gospel of the Lord. Amen. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Intention is really still the theme here going throughout the, this uh, whole narrative of the Sermon on the Mount. Intention. What is your intention? God sees your intention. So no matter what's going on externally, God is fully aware of what's going on internally, and that matters. St. Thomas Aquinas said, the I refers to motive. When a person wants to do something, he first forms an intention. Thus, if your intention is sound, simple, and clear, that is to say, if it is directed towards God, your whole body, that is, all your actions will be sound, sincerely directed towards good. Adrian, what did you find?
4: Uh, yes. So, I wanted to uh, focus in on, but store up treasures in heaven. This is incredibly important. Why? Well, actually, it's very relevant because I was actually talking to some people from Catholics for Choice, which is a heretical organization that promotes uh, cat- like, pro-abortion for Catholics, which is absurd. It's a in, contradiction in terms. And they are making the argument, you know, God only commanded two commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And as long as you do that, you can do whatever you want. And that's nonsense. Why? Because our Lord tells us right here, he says, store up your treasures in heaven. What treasures is our Lord referring to? Well, he's referring to the grace that we can receive by following the commandments of God. Because what does our Lord say? He says that he, those who love God will keep his commandments. And so what does that mean? Well, God commanded more than just love God and love neighbor. Otherwise, he wouldn't give the qualification that you must obey the commandments. So what are the commandments? Well, you have the Ten Commandments. And here at the Sermon on the Mount, we have the Beatitudes. We have the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. All these things are mandated by our Lord that if we love him, we will do these things. And when we do these things, what happens? Well, we store up these treasures in heaven. This is the treasury in heaven that we refer to. All the merits of the saints, of Our Lady, of the, uh, Ro- of the Roman Pontiff, has the authority to release those as we see today in the idea of indulgences. So they are The Pope is allowed to give out indulgences. Where does he get the, the grace that is necessary for that? Well, those are the treasury of the church. The treasury of the church is a grace that we merit by our lives because our salvation is freely given by God. We do not merit our salvation, but we do merit grace. We do merit a place in heaven. Whenever we have gotten there, there will be a hierarchy in heaven. And so we would want to store up treasures in heaven because that treasure will last for eternity. Whereas the treasures on earth will be fade away and will die
0: and to never be seen again, especially after the second coming. All right. Praise be to God. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back and we're going to play Fear and Trembling. Today is the day we pull out the winner. It could be you. Who knows? If you would like an opportunity to win, you've got to call 877-757-9424. And you don't even need to know the answers to any of these questions to, to, to be a winner. Praise be to God. is the phone number. Fear and trembling is coming up next. It's the Catholic Trivia Game Show, and we're looking forward to it. We'll be right back.
7: Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live.
3: How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world?
7: Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners.
3: Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous.
7: Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world.
3: Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together.
7: This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries.
0: Joe McClain. Praise, be of Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share what I'm about to tell you with anyone. Just keep it between us, okay? But we like to do a few things here on the game show. We like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions, because we always like to learn something new about our faith. We like to have a laugh and a good time in the process, and our callers tend to be a lot of fun. They laugh right along with us, and that's cool. And then, of course, we give out prizes, and it makes it kind of a winner for everybody. And today's the day we do give out the prizes. We're going to pull a name live on the air, and we're going to announce that, and they're going to get the prize. But here's the kicker, if you're just joining us, let me explain. I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, and these are official questions, but I don't ask the caller. They do not need to know the answers to these questions in order to win the game, because I will ask Janelle, and I will ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more? Janelle or Adrian, and then every right answer goes into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what what could they win this week? Ooh.
5: They could win a wonderful 8x10 archival print of their choice on watercolor paper and a new printable Marian Consecration coloring book. From Delfina Rose Art, our wonderful sponsor for today. She also has a 10% off discount with the code TIME in all caps and no space. Valid um, until today. No minimum order. And she offers free domestic shipping on orders over $35.
0: Delfina Rose Art on Etsy. Etsy.com uh, sh- forward slash shop forward slash Delfina Rose Art. Thank you for your generous sponsorship and giving out the prize today to our winner. We're very grateful to you, Delfina Rosart. God bless you. All right, let's go to the phones. I want to thank those that did try to call in today to be a part of our game. The last three chances on this week's prize pack next week, there's a new opportunity. So if you don't get in today, call back on Monday and uh, you'll have a chance. But let's go to the phones. Rhonda, good morning to you.
1: Hey, good good morning. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to uh, hear your voice. Yes. Yes, yes. Praise be to God, and I'd like to wish the Lord our God and you and my friend Jesus uh, Robles and Adrian all the dads, um, all the dads uh, a very happy and and blessed Father's Day.
0: Amen. Amen. Not quite a dad, but I much appreciate (laughs) it. Okay,
1: well, well, that's that's why I just, you know, anyone who's like a dad or.
0: (laughs) Could be the voice of the Lord speaking to you, uh, Adrian. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, Rhonda, it's. Now, remind us once again, Rhonda, where are you calling from?
1: i'm calling from houston and where do you um, go to church, church is, uh saint francis cabrini saint
0: francis cabrini how wonderful praise yes, be to sir. god now you're a yes, veteran sir. of this you played god. this game before you know how it's played you know how tricky yes. janelle and adrian are and you know that i'm on your side so uh yeah, let's so he says and and i'm pretty sure it's <laughs> All easy question Friday. I'm fairly certain it's all easy question Friday. Are you ready to play, Rhonda?
1: That's that, yeah, I'm ready to play. That's all, I was gonna say, that's all right. If I get fooled all three times, that's all right.
0: All right, here we go. Janelle, we will start with you. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? I'm ready. Are you sure? Throw it at me. All right, Janelle, <laughs> can you tell me, virtues are either natural or What?
5: Huh. Virtues are either natural or artificial
0: that's your answer yes are you sure yes sir artificial artificial Hmm. virtues
5: are either natural or artificial
0: okay okay
5: definitely not GMO but they're
0: non GMO or okay
5: (laughs) but artificial
0: okay okay let's go let's let's see what let's see what uh, non-organic Adrian Fonseca has to say Adrian, can, can you tell me virtues are either natural or you fill in the blank
4: you say a non-organic? Are you saying I'm a I'm a cyborg or something?
0: <laughs> I uh
4: I didn't <laughs> say that. I'm a uh, Borg, uh <laughs> part of the Borg. The I would go with supernatural.
0: Supernatural super virtue. Super natural. Because mm-hmm. natural ain't good enough. Supernatural is your answer. Yeah, so okay. above above na- nature. Okay. So Adrian is on the hook for virtues are natural or supernatural, and Janelle is on the hook for virtues are either natural or artificial. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Janelle or Adrian? Rhonda, what say you?
1: Um, let's see. I think I'm going to go with. I don't remember um, what we said about Adrian earlier this week. That he's the uh, honor. He's uh, um, Let's see. What is it? Uh, um, honorable or or something? I don't think but we I, ever used honorable
0: with, and Adrian in the same sentence. But okay, I, I, I accept the title.
1: I'm <laughs> going to go. I'm going to go with the honorable Adrian. Oh. Survey
4: says. I, I completely. Duh. I completely accept that title.
0: Yeah, no problem whatsoever. Duh. No, no offense taken. <laughs> yeah, um, hmm. non-GMO uh, virtues. I don't think that's a thing, but uh, supernatural is in fact correct. So well done, Rhonda. You, uh, you, you didn't. You weren't fooled by Janelle at all. She tried very hard to throw you a curveball, she but you tried harder. I, She's selling, but you're not buying. I prefer <laughs> pronouns are supreme would dictator. He, okay, let's see who you started, Rhonda. You put it she into she his head. She sounds so young. Yeah.
1: She sounds so young. I mean, you know, kind of ask, kind of ask yourself, Janelle, would you fool your mother? Oh, <laughs> my mother <laughs> would would say yes.
0: We should have we should have a whole segment on Catholic guilt. This is good stuff. I like this. That's I like this. Okay. Passive aggressive hour. I love it. Praise be to God. All right, let's go to the second question. You're in the cup, uh, Rhonda. Congratulations. Okay. Let's see Thank if we can you. increase your odds today. Uh, we're gonna go to Adrian this time uh his supremeness uh, adrian what term what term refers to the penalty by which a baptized person is excluded from membership in the church and therefore ineligible to receive the sacraments yes that's whenever you are placed under in uh edict you're placed or
4: interdict rather sorry
0: under interdict yeah Hmm. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what uh, Janelle has to say. Janelle, can you tell me what term refers to the penalty by which a baptized person is excluded from membership in the church and therefore ineligible to receive the sacraments?
5: Ineligible to receive the sacraments. I'm going to go with excommunication.
0: Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Scary. (laughs) this is tough. All right, so Janelle is on the hook for excommunication, and uh, Double Major Fonseca is on the hook for interdict. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rhonda, what say you?
1: Let's see. I think I'm going to take my chances and go with Janelle.
0: (laughs) Survey says... Wow. That was now, a hard one. Okay, Adrian was trying to actively fool you yeah, there. Yeah, that was a that was a hard one. Cuz he 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 likes to be <laughs> subtle. Okay, he likes to be <laughs> subtle. <laughs> Interdict As is a tricky I one. Wanted-
1: as much as I wanted to vote for the, you know, go with the the honorable, um, <laughs> let's see, honest Adrian, I honest just could Adrian. Not.
7: Have yeah. you been paying
5: honest, but You don't know what it's
4: like. She's friends with Jesus. That's how it works.
0: How do you make a? Li- how do you live, uh, Adrian? You give all your money to your fan club. I mean, like,
4: this, is, this is how it works. What is how the works.
0: deal here? What is going on? All right, let's get to the third question. Uh, let's get to the third question here. You get you're in the cup twice. Praise be to God. So far, very. Good job, Rhonda. Let's go to question number three. Back to Janelle. Janelle, can you tell me, or actually, can you name for me two reasons why a person may not be buried in a Catholic cemetery? Give me at least two. I think there's four total. Give me two.
5: Two. Okay. I'm going to go with excommunication. Like, per my last uh, answer. I feel
0: like we've heard that recently. uh Uh-huh. Okay.
5: And um, (laughs) they have killed in a duel.
0: They were... (laughs) (laughs) Random, but okay. <laughs> so you're saying excommunic- if they were excommunicated, they can't be buried in a Catholic cemetery? Yes. Or if they were killed in a duel, Yes. then they cannot be buried in a Catholic because cemetery. Because dirty blood. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay, let's go to Adrian. Adrian, can you name for me two reasons why a person may not be buried in a Catholic cemetery? Yes. If they missed mass more than
4: 36 times in their life, they cannot be buried in a Catholic cemetery. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if they were not able to receive last rites before death, they cannot be buried in a Catholic
0: cemetery. Pretty hardcore. Yep. yep. Um, Who's keeping count on the masses? I'm just curious. (laughs) You have to keep track of yourself. Oh, then you report that before you die. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So uh, Adrian is on the hook for you missed mass more than 36 times or... What was the other one? You did not receive uh you did last not receive rights. last rights. Or you didn't receive last rights. Sorry. Janelle is on the hook for you were either excommunicated or you were killed in a duel. You may not be buried in a Catholic cemetery, fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rhonda, what say you? One minute.
1: And I think y'all have me this time. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with. I'll go with uh, Janelle.
0: Survey says. Wow. Oh, wow. Three
1: out
5: of three.
0: <laughs> three for three. Duh. Like who's gonna remember? One minute. To, right before they die, say, Oh yeah, by the way, I missed thirty-seven masses. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what oh that, no, that's
1: I, what I say. That's why we. That's why there's confession.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we are actually out of time. Uh, we have just about a few seconds left. Janelle, you got that name? Can you pull it? Can you read it really quickly? Alrighty before we go bye
5: Rhonda from today what Rhonda you're oh the winner
0: All right, I'm going to put you on hold. we got to say goodbye, but I'm going to put you on hold. Rhonda, thank you for playing with us today. God love you. Have a great weekend. But we're going to put you on hold, so don't go anywhere. All right, that's going to do it for the show. We had fun. Praise be to God. For all those that didn't win, try again next week. Possibly uh, the phone lines are going to be open on Monday for a new prize, a new sponsor. But hang out with us in the after show. If you'd like, you can go right to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, grnonline.com forward slash CDT watch us live interact live right there or Facebook Twitter you know YouTube all of that stuff God love you
2: thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and
3: inspired join us Monday through Friday at the same time right here on
0: your favorite Catholic radio station
7: don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com Catholic Drive
0: Time Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time
2: Be sure to share more than just us today Share Jesus with everyone you meet
1: Bye now and God love you
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ Welcome back to the after show of Catholic Drive Time where we conversate a lot more casually, about whatever it is that you would like to talk about. You can just leave a comment and let us know where you're from. Let us know how you're listening, where you found us. That'd be kind of cool, too. Uh, If you're a first-time commenter, just so you know, we like to lavish a lot of extra love on first-time commenters. So uh, make sure you tell us that. Uh, otherwise you get to drive the conversation praise be to god and it's friday which means things could get a lot more silly than normal but uh hey that's the way it goes uh whatever you you can ask tough questions you can you know we can chat about just about anything you drive that conversation so thanks for hanging out with us today uh but uh, i would love to know if you if you could win the powerball would you want to I'm on, I'm the only sane person in this room that suggests that I probably would be corrupted by that much money and couldn't handle it. So, probably not a good idea for me. These people seem to think that they are so saintly, so pure, so, so, uh, so well honed in their spiritual combat that they would have no issues managing that level of wealth. I don't think I'm up for it. But Anna somehow disagrees. Yes, yes, I
3: disagree. I, I, I have a plan.
0: You have a plan. I
3: have a plan.
0: Uh, so let us know. If you could win the Powerball, would you? And what would you do with it? Comment. I'd like to see it. But By the I- way, real quick, let me just thank some folks for hanging out with us. Let me mention some names, and we'll jump into it. Thomas Russell, it's good to see you back, my brother. Uh, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for, for hanging out with us today. Mike Kay and Tammy, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Uh, it's good to see you guys here uh call in good morning to you thank you for hanging out with us today jeff burrier it's good to see you praise be to god i thought i saw uh earlier let's see i know i saw some others here let me i'm scrolling i'm scrolling I'm scrolling alan smith good morning to you my brother from canada praise be to god it's good to see you we've had alan on a few times it'd be good to get him back eric rodriguez good morning to you praise be to god david l from new hampshire good morning How's the weather in New Hampshire? I heard it was hot and stuffy up there, which is weird. It says says uh, he loves the San Damiano crucifix behind Janelle, one of my favorite crucifixes. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, let's see, what else? Who else? Who else is here? I'm, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. William Hemsworth, good morning to you from Tucson, Arizona. It's probably, what, 200 degrees and dry right now in Tucson? What is the weather like? in June, in late June, in, in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Arizona is a beautiful state, by the way. Praise be to God. Josh Patterson. Good morning. I haven't seen you in a while, Josh. It's yeah, good. he's trying to get up earlier again. Yeah, praise be to God. That's good. Josh
4: uh, is uh, one of the people I was uh, telling y'all about the other day that I said uh, we we're. I might be moving in with him. I kind of told them no, but now they're looking at a different place so i don't so now, know now you're more interested i don't know so I, it, I don't it all know. about the place no wow we'll, we'll see if it's if it's uh Whew. even closer to the studio well then that'll be very attractive if like, it's further then it's less attractive so i have no idea closer to the studio
0: equal better and i'm sure you you get the master suite right you did negotiate that absolutely not that'd be more expensive <laughs> absolutely not i'll take the smallest room uh, it's fine done Good morning to you, Luz. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Sean, good morning to you. Our friend from San Antonio, the GM of the GRN station in San Antonio in South and Central Texas. Joaquin, good morning to you. And Lori, uh, praise be to God. Good to see you there. Uh, let's see, who else is... Uh, uh, buddy had a good question. Buddy said, y'all mentioned
4: that burial is very important to us Catholics, but we are running out of land. What happens in this situation when we run out of land? Yes, I would build a sub and do underwater tours in Tahiti. I guess that the second part was in regards to your uh, Powerball question. But the uh, answer to the first question, uh, that's great. The, I'm actually working on a podcast on cremation. The, the question on cremation actually came from my grandma. She asked me if I'd do a whole podcast on it. So I'm going to do it because um, uh, we, she had a family member who was saying that she wanted to be cremated. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, running out of land, we're really not running out of land. That's kind oh. of a misnomer. Look at uh, the map of the United States. The and entirety it, of the population of the world huge. can fit in Texas alone and have a population density of London. Yeah. Uh, so we, we are not running out of land. But hypothetically speaking, if we were to run out of land, then we would just build mausoleums like they do in Louisiana, and you have entire families that are all buried, uh, and, it, and it goes upward. And yeah. so you, we, well, it would be go to be a Jerusalem.
0: Go, go to the Holy Land. They, they bury people above ground there all the time. Yeah, it's not a problem. Patty, good morning to you. Buddy King, good morning. Michelle Vaughn, good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's good to see you again, Michelle. It's, uh, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Jesus Robles, good morning to you, my friend, friend of the show. Thanks for hanging out today. Praise be to God. Uh, let's see. Who else is over? Oh, Glenn Trahan. Good morning. From Connecticut. I bet it's uh, beautiful in Connecticut today. Glenn, I would love to know how your trip went uh, in EWTN land. Did you get to the shrine in Hansville? I would love to know. Let us know. Buddy Kane says, uh, oh, you just mentioned the Buddy Kane comment. Yeah, praise be to God. You want to build a sub and do underwater tours in Tahiti? That'd be a cool job, wouldn't it? I did. I took a, uh wasn't a sub ride quite so much, but it was like a... Uh, like a glass bottom boat. That was kind of cool. Uh, praise be to God. Josh said, there's a house available for rent with a sauna.
4: That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Well, uh, Okay. Hmm. How, how does, do people have saunas in their homes? Yeah.
3: In Houston? In Houston. Yeah. yeah, just yeah walk, go no. outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walk outside in Well,
0: Houston. you know, a lot of folks, like my father, he had a sauna, um, mostly because of have medical issues, mm-hmm. health issues. It really helped to alleviate uh, joint pain and, and other things. So a lot of people do have them. Uh, they're here. Look, this is a sane person. Uh, finally, a sane person. Uh, Colin says, I agree, Joe. That, that's, that's already, he's already wrong right <laughs> <be> to God. <laughs> It's only been, it's only, agree, we're not even past Joe. the first sentence. No. He's already wrong. This, list, this demonstrates his Comment level rejected. of, of uh, intuitiveness. I agree, Joe. I wouldn't like to win it. If I did, I would have to give it all away to good causes, like great laity coming up evangelizing the church, as Fulton Sheen said. Praise like, be to God. Like maybe donating the to the Guadalupe the Radio, Radio Network? <laughs> or the Catholic Drive Time Show will take it, because we would love HDMI cameras. <laughs> we would we'd love to do the proper lighting in here. That'd be amazing. And improve some of our tech would be awesome. Um, uh, <laughs> poor Mr. Thomas's comment just got just got uh, yeah because he said the word Russian got got censored. We just dis- we did get hit by y- Facebook this morning. Facebook has claimed uh, there's somebody has claimed copyright or, or something about some of the, the the music bed under the news broadcast. Hmm. They claim that it's a uh, a violation. It all belongs to somebody else. So we're gonna have to look into that over on the Facebook side. What else? So that's the question right now on the table is if you could win, if you could win uh, the Powerball, what would you do with it? Or one, would you want to win? And two, what would you do with it? You know, what's interesting is when you look at the Powerball winners. There's a high statistic of people who blow that money, and then they're they're right back to where they started within like ten years.
3: You know, um, it depends on how they spent it,
0: and they blow it quite, you. quick.
3: You know. It depends on how you spend it. Not, you know. not to mention. I mean, if you're if you're going to spend it on uh, houses of ill repute, or you're going to spend it, you know, just buying, amassing um, things, then yeah, blow through it. You're, you know. But if you're going to use it for good causes, if yeah. you have a plan, you know, money is a great tool, and Ma- that's what it is. It's a yeah. tool.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, another brilliant, insightful uh, viewer of uh, Catholic Drive Time, Thomas Russell, says, I would not like to win the Powerball. I turned down a bank job because I really don't trust myself with money. (laughs)
4: Well, see, the the thing is, I guess we have lost sense of an aristocracy, and especially in America. Uh, This is why we couldn't have a monarchy in the United States, is because we have no aristocracy. At the founding of America, we kind of had a pseudo-aristocracy, but as time has progressed, we have gotten rid of class distinctions and so you can have people who are um of because wealth is not it's not a class system it's not an aristocracy your wealth doesn't uh, talk about how you can be the richest man on earth and still not be an aristocrat that is a, a it's a sense of nobility and a sense of uh, of of um, of carrying yourself that that just doesn't exist in america we're too um chill like I guess that's the right word for it. You're too, we're too chill, and so we just want to throw money around. Uh, we don't have the sense of I have a aristocracy. I'm a lord of my land, and I am take care of the people with my wealth. Um, it's kind of gone, uh, but wealth isn't a bad thing in and of itself. I mean, that's why no. we had kingdoms and lords, right. and they were able to take wealth and use it properly. Um, But we kind of don't have that in the U.S. That's why we see people who become rich because they're not aristocrats. They don't know how to handle money and they they become wealthy and it completely derails them. Whereas the aristocrats had money, but they were raised, uh, n- being taught how to use it for the glory of God and how to use it properly. Now, of course, we see that corruption in that whenever it happens, uh, we see like the French Revolution. Once God is taken out of it, of course, then, you know, the love of money is a root of all evil. Um, and so, we see the errors happen whenever the aristocracies
0: uh, don't have God. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because in, in, all, in all truthfulness, I, I really couldn't care, care much about money in itself, I've never been money driven ever. I've always been mission driven, never money driven. Um, money is just a tool in the toolbox. It, the love of money is the problem, not money itself, as you just uh, eloquently stated. And it's interesting because there are some incredible things that we would do if we had large sums of resources. I've always uh, quipped about why is it that the hardcore left has all these billionaire financiers that'll get back, get behind all these programs. But those of us in the work of evangelization, like, good grief, it's like pulling blood through a turnip sometimes. You know, why is that? Why, why don't we have, uh, the, you know, for instance, um, here's a good, if, the, if you had a group of very wealthy Catholic benefactors, people who wanted to put money towards a good cause, you know, I, look at the censorship. Like, we just got hit on Facebook because they say our music bed belonged to somebody else so they shut it down, Right. There is no Catholic organization, no group of Catholic uh, wealthy uh, financiers who have gotten behind building a, uh, a data farm, uh, a big plant with tons of servers uh, that are secure, high-end, that are capable of hosting websites, uh, live video streams, audio podcasts, uh, social media accounts, text messages, emails, and all the rest of the digital services specific for Catholic organizations that would be censored by the mainstream tech oligarchs. like that would be a great use of people having the having the funds to do so. But it doesn't exist. Um all of these organizations that will speak the truth about marriage, transgenderism, abortion, and all these other hot button issues, and we get shut down, we could be protected by that organization. We could be given the opportunity to stay, uh to stay in the public space to some degree, uh, but have a place to put our stuff because the tech oligarchs aren't going to let you use their servers. They're, they're not going to let you use their services either or other platforms. And that's what we're facing. That's where we're headed. And yet people with large cash, they won't, they won't uh, contribute to those things. That's interesting to me. Um, there's lots of things money will do, but I think it also, what, what scares me about winning the Powerball is that, uh, that temptation towards greed. And that's really at the heart of the gospel from today, you know, that, uh, that, that temptation towards trusting in oneself hoarding things and trusting in your own ability trusting in your own means and capabilities rather than trusting solely in god because the bottom line is all material things uh exist because god believe god thinks of them and he doesn't need you if you trust solely in god you need nothing you need nothing more than that uh like right now i have there's you know in the nonprofit world sort of retirement packages are non-existent you know so there's no retirement for me and my family but we have to trust in god god does not need me to have a 401k to survive until my death you know he he doesn't need me to have anything he'll give me what he what it is what is his good pleasure to have but boy if you had the opportunity that's the way i think if i had a a set resource of of uh money or whatever, what would I do with it that would change the game? How could, I, how could I advance the ball of evangelization? There are plenty of organizations in the pro-life world, plenty of organizations that do things like uh, feed, uh, feed the homeless and… Religious vocations. Yes, there's tons of this stuff, and we need more. I'm not saying less, I'm saying those are, that's awesome. Those need to survive and grow. But there's not enough of game-changing evangelization uh, that's going on in my opinion. Where are the missionaries in our modern-day society? I would invest that way if I had those resources. Yeah, I think I
4: would probably go similar, but I, my focus would be religious communities. I think if, we, if all these <laughs> religious communities that used to do all these great things, these missionaries, the Franciscans, the Dominicans, uh, the monks, the Carthusians, the Trappists, who have kind of lost their charism or have gone weak on their charism – I would, uh, the, if I could just do one thing, I think if I could, could encourage and revitalize yeah. these uh, communities, I, that would change
0: the entire world. Yeah. Um, Amen. Yeah, Mike K says, as I said earlier, no way. What does it profit a man? I would go off the deep end and develop into sin. Some people are equipped for extreme wealth, but I am not one of them. And I think you make up a good point here, Mike. <clears throat> We're all given gifts. I mean, Romans chapter 12, I think beautifully illustrates this this point, Romans 12. We're all given aptitudes. Some of us have, we don't all have the same aptitudes. There are people that God has created that has, he has given them the aptitude of wealth management. They can generate resources and they can manage those resources better than other people. That's not me. And I, I think, Mike, you agree that's not you. Now. Uh, to those that are given much, much as expected. You know, you get a a St. Louis, right? St. Louis, the king of France? Well, guess what he did? He used his wealth to feed the poor. He used his wealth to further the, the cause of the church. He used his wealth to to fight the, uh, the, the Muslims to win back the Holy Land, as best he could, anyway. Um, I think that's a good example of somebody who understood that he was a steward of God's resources, not the master of it. <clears throat> but that's definitely not everybody. The...
4: Do you know, uh, let's see, Luz asked, what do you guys think about the supposed apparitions of our mother, the Virgin Mary, in Ohio?
0: Um, I'm not familiar. Is that the Our Lady of
4: America? uh, that No.
0: No. No. Our Lady of America doesn't come from Ohio. Okay. Which Um, zone is this? Yeah, I'm not sure, but I would say this. Um, If it's not a church-approved apparition, always hold it in skepticism. Until it is until the, the fruit of it will be known eventually, like for instance i have uh, I have been on the fence with Garbin Dahl, for instance, uh, but it 's not a church approved apparition, so there you go mm-hmm. trust in the trust in, in these you know it 's interesting about the, the the way apparitions are amid these miracles, supernatural where these work is it comes down to the local ordinary it 's not as though the Vatican weighs in on all of these all of these cases. The local bishop he's the one who's tasked with with investigating and making decisions. Magigore is in a different category because uh, but I would say this, all of the local ordinaries have all said, nope, this nope, 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 nope." And then you had the breakup of uh, USSR and that particular block of, of communist states broke up, which meant the the bishop's Con- council there also broke up. So, the Vatican did take it on and they have yet to make uh, a statement that says this is approved. They have approved pilgrimages there, but they have not approved the appar- actual apparitions there. So, the general rule, I would say, is always go with church-approved uh, apparitions and those that haven't yet been approved or still are being considered, just keep a, an eye of skepticism until the church speaks about it. But I'm not familiar in particular with
4: Ohio. Uh, Josh says, Joe, it's not too late to join the Knights of Columbus for retirement security. <laughs> I, I've been a knight for 20 years. But do, you, do you have part of the, Are you have the I retirement? Have,
0: I have life insurance ah, with, with, uh, with the Knights of Columbus. So what you need to do is <coughs> die instead of retire. Got it. Yes, sir. Uh, let's bring see. on the beatific vision.
4: Woo! Thomas right. uh, wanted me to read his comment on the Eucharist. He said, love you, CDT. I missed a live show yesterday, but I highly recommend people make acts of reparation to our Lord and the blessed sacrament. And if possible, find every particle that they can off the floors of churches to prevent further desecration by being
0: trampled on or, God forbid, vacuumed up and thrown in a landfill. Ouch. Uh, there we go. That's pretty rough. Did you see what Alaric said? No. Alaric over on YouTube said, I would build a Franciscan friary and mm-hmm. convent, restore my parish church and school, and then start up a small, super Catholic cafe to give me something to keep me from being idle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise be to God. A traditional <clears throat> Franciscan friary would be super cool. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, what else? What What's on the agenda this weekend? Who's doing What? Anything interesting going on? I'd love to know. Let us know. Well,
3: it's a Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all the great dads yes. out there. Yeah. Happy early Father's Day.
5: Yeah. yeah. So Thank you.
0: We'll, we get the uh, the, the <laughs> I think the honeydew list. I think is what the, our Father's Day present is. Is the well, honeydew list?
2: The honeydew. Bass list.
0: Pro Shop. <laughs> I took my wife to the Bass Pro Shop for Mother's Day a few years back. <laughs> Why would you do that? It was the best. <laughs> for we, you. We had a great time. <laughs> Uh, some people have not hey. let me live that down, though. Uh, it was fun. My whole family enjoyed it. We loved just walking around the store. You know, I think we had. L- we might have. Did we have lunch there? Are we at lunch somewhere near there or something like that?
5: I've never been. What do they sell Bass there? Bass Pro Shop? <laughs> I've
0: you're, never What? Ha, Adrian. I mean, it's like the Galleria. You're kidding. For me. For sports stuff.
3: Oh, you I'd, outdoors.
4: I would
0: have not like have let her Academy? in the building if I did not know oh. that she had not been to a Bass Pro Shop. It is.
3: It's too late. It is the litmus test to being a part of the CDT team. <laughs> a lot of
0: women haven't been to Best Pro Shop. What?
3: What? what? My whole family hasn't been. So
0: out of your mind.
3: Not this Texas girl. This Texas girl does a lot. Are you
0: kidding? I'm Cabela's is saying. better though. Cabela's. They're o- Cabela's is owned by Bass the, Pro and, now. I've never been to Cabela's. But Cabela's, ooh, Cabela's is awesome. There, they have a ginormous, ginormous Cabela's in the uh, in South of Boston. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm.
5: Alaric says someone might need to win the Powerball to build a free Catholic retirement home for Joe because he won't be able to live with
0: his children <laughs> no, based on oh, the books they read. The other uh, sort of wish list dream project that I, ha- that I have, if I had, I, there were several things I would do if I had the resources, but I do not want to win the Powerball. What I would like is for you to win the Powerball and then give us the resources you know, in a very responsible way to to do these incredible things. But number one, as I would produce, I would not do them myself. So I would hire the professionals to do them. But some really incredible high-end uh, uh, movies, live-action movies, uh, but ca- with Catholic, super Catholic themes. Um, uh, but the problem with movie-making is not the production as much as distribution. That's the biggest problem to solve. That costs money. Number two, uh, I would, if I had the cash, buy a ranch. But what I would do with this ranch is I would create a, an, an entire family retreat facility That is experiential-based. So I love, uh, for instance, the King's Men Apostolate, the End of the Wild Weekend Retreat. That's one of my favorites of all time. But I would take that vision on another level just for the whole family. And we would do things that families typically have never done before and then build uh, spiritual development uh, and formation around that to include uh, the traditional form of the Mass and the sacraments and all of that. So partnering with like the FSSP or something along those lines. But, but, of course, things like, for instance, bringing the whole family in and teaching them how to, how to uh, make milk and butter, how to uh, chase down uh, calves uh, by roping on horseback, by, you know, by building things that they've never built before from their hands with skills like blacksmithing or like hunting and, and fishing, teaching uh, suburban dwellers who've never been hunting the art and skill of, of you know, going through the process of learning how to hunt, how to how to be a good hunter, how to provide for your families. So these outdoor experiential activities that would include all kinds of different activities, but things generally that you don't see in other places, right? Um, you can do things like uh, you know, rappelling and rafting and horse riding. Those are kind of common in a lot of retreat experiences. But I want to take it to a level, going back a ways and learning skills that you, you just it would be fun for kids to get their hands dirty with and uh and whole families can come in so i had that vision of this this big giant ranch this big playground for entire families to come and take respite on and that would be just amazing but let me tell you it can't happen in the state of texas because ever since the pandemic a uh, land here is just <laughs> skyrocketed everybody's building uh on, trying to move on to property to get away from the crazies uh, and thomas uh, I'm sure it's true everywhere else
4: too thomas said father's day is not a day of rest always things to do around the house Except Father's Day is Sunday, dude. You need a rest. You're required by God. God commanded you to rest. Rest on Sunday. Take a nap. Take a nap. Don't do uh,
0: manual labor. Chill for one day. One day a week. Mike K says, cleaning the house, going to church, maybe I'll go, I'll go to the range. Nice. Nice. Uh, what are you going to shoot? I'm just curious. Handgun, rifle, caliber. Let me know. Peace and quiet and calls from my boys are really the best way for me to spend the day. Amen. Amen. Uh, Colin says, the great old America, appreciation of our beautiful country. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, just imagine going to a place that's uh, Catholic-focused, but just, it's, you're going to do something you've never done. You're going to be pushed a little bit out of your comfort zone, and it's just, just, I just think that would be an amazing opportunity. My kids would love to chase chickens and goats, and you don't have to, you know, not a lifetime of it, but just a, an experience of it. Just even that alone would be just so much fun. Uh, every time we go to places like, um, like here where we live, there's a couple of places nearby that take you back in time, like George Ranch, for instance. And you kind of go back through history of a family that uh, immigrated to this part of the country, and, and you see the stages of, of time for that that, that family and how it had moved from a cabin they built to the next best house was, you know, uh, a little nicer, and then it got a little nicer, and you're seeing the time change in front of your eyes, and you go there and you do some of these outdoor experiences of that time period, boy, the families just eat that stuff up. And I thought, what if we use that to build on that uh, from a Catholic perspective of building up the family? And uh, there's just so many opportunities there that we could uh, explore and, and try. Uh, Joe, will you spread the day reading Chesterton, right? Spend the day reading Chesterton. Ouch. Uh, you got to pick a fight, right, Alaric? You just got to. You just had to go there. Well, Janelle
4: uh, was reading the, the comment earlier about um, your kids. He said uh, someone might need to win to build a free Catholic retirement home for Joe because he won't be able to live with his children based on the books they read. Might be a <laughs> ton of Chesterton. <laughs>
0: Yes, I, we were listening to, and this morning, actually, uh, driving, because I have two girls with me this week, because they're going through a Catholic writer's camp, and today's the last day. In fact, we're going to leave here in a moment and go uh, finish that up. But um, William Albrecht, my daughter, Mary Elizabeth, was just, she was loving uh, some of the stuff William Albrecht was talking about this He's morning. Great. So we're going to have to get get his books. I have not read his books, but we, we definitely want to. Mike K, AR-22. Uh, 22 pistol. So you're going on the cheap side of the ammo. I see how you're doing it. I see how you're doing it. Um, 22s are great. They're just fantastic. Wonderful shooters. Nice and quiet. You can shoot them all day. Um, the problem is getting the 22 rounds can be difficult, but, uh, they're not expensive. Praise be to God. Uh, what else? Who's doing what? Are we, so we're not on, um, so we're not on, uh, are we still on YouTube or Facebook?
4: Uh, at least uh, the GRN side. I mean, all of them are up according to what I see, but I
0: see comments coming in on GRN. Yeah, praise be to God. And uh, so we have uh, just a couple minutes left. If you want to let us know, what would be your plan if you could win the... Uh, Anna over here, St. Teresa on, uh, on YouTube says she wants to start a bank.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Would yeah. you really start a bank? i
3: start a bank. I, I would start know. a bank.
0: I don't know.
4: I'm so scared of committing the sin of usury. Yeah. yeah. No, no, and, like, that's
3: why I would start a bank. That's why uh, there'd be a usury. lot of loan, for, yes, to prevent usury, um, because it, it, it's just it's it's out of control right now. It yeah. just is, and it's like I would also be the um, kind of like what uh, the 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 show where all the entrepreneurs, you know,
0: like Shark Tank,
3: like Shark Tank. I'd be yeah. I'd be one of those investors, invest in the Catholic in, in entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and get them started. And here you go, run with it. Things like that. That's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, Extreme uh, poverty for people who are just in need. Yeah. Give them just give them money. Give them money to pay off debts. What they need. I would make it specific. Not not necessarily to like. Here's all this money. You know, go have at it. But some people need that a little reboot in their lives, and I would be there to do that. Yeah.
0: Um, I would build a uh, things like. Things that homeless, we, we do homeless projects as a family. Things that homeless folks need take a shower, yeah, wash clothes. Exactly. You know, ma- um, imagine if you took a, a semi trailer and you built out a, a laundromat, a, a portable laundromat, and you pull over, to, you pull up to where the main center of homeless uh, villages are and you let folks wash clothes. I mean, that would be a cool project. That would be. You know.
5: Mr. Thomas says, be- um, "Is it crazy to build a Catholic monument on the moon if he wins the Powerball?"
0: <laughs> get get a hold of Elon Musk and let's move it to Mars. It'd be super cool. You know, build the first uh, build the first Catholic chapel on Mars when Elon Musk colonizes the place. So you- Dude, I would love to go to like that'd be super cool. That'd
4: be super cool to Mars to go to Mars. Yeah, I would uh, if we if we needed a um, a like if I became a priest the thing I would want to do is be the first priest on Mars. That'd be super dope or the first Bishop of Mars. And so the way that would work is like, if you became a, if you became a Bishop, uh, <laughs> the, the person who is in charge of Mars, the diocese of Mars would actually be the, um, the Bishop of where the, the, shuttle launched from. So the, the ship, the spaceship who, so for instance, if it launches from Florida, the Bishop of Florida of that, wherever the uh, actual launch site is. So I guess Tallahassee, is that where it is? Um, or no, it's Johnson, right? I forget. Wherever it launches from, uh, that bishop will be in charge of where that ship goes. And so if the ship lands in Mars, the bishop of Mars is then the bishop from where they left. Yeah. And that's and we get that rule actually from exploring to the new world. And so the bishops of the United States were originally the bishops of where the explorers left from. So yeah. super cool.
0: You can skip Mars and just go to Arizona, Utah. They're much better, uh, more beautiful places, and the weather's nicer. And you can meet the demons there. You can walk around and breathe there too, unlike Mars, which you can't do. So, hmm. I agree. Praise be to God. It would be nice to bring back the confraternity. Support Catholics in business. Support. If you need a plumber, hire a Catholic. If you need a handyman, hire a Catholic. We have. And uh, we like to support Catholics in business all the time. Let's support each other. Praise be to God. Have a great weekend. God love you. God bless you. If you're a father, happy Father's Day. We'll see you back here on Monday. I'm not sure who's on the agenda on Monday, but I'm sure it'll be great. Praise be to God. And do us a favor smash the share, subscribe, and like. Those help us out a lot. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you for joining us.